Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, are you ready tonight? We're going to get into the Word and really excited to share a message with you. Uh, I've got three scriptures to kick us off. And so if you do have your Bibles, you've got to have your speed fingers ready. We're going to be jumping uh, from Matthew 10 to Colossians 1 and then back to Matthew 6. So go with me to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 1 and then we're going to go down to verse 7. And it says this, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Jump down to verse 7. He says this, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. Colossians 1, verse 13 and 14 says this. says, For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then jump with me to Matthew chapter 6. We'll read the first part of the Lord's Prayer as Jesus guides us in what it is we should be praying As we seek God, he says, then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Tonight, the title of my message is, If You Know, You Know. And... We're going to ask for God's help. So join me as we pray. God, we just welcome you here tonight. We thank you that as we've come, God, to be under your word and to be stirred in faith and to be in an atmosphere of worship, God, that you are present with us to lead us, guide us, strengthen us, God, to reveal yourself to us. And I just thank you that tonight, God, you're going to open up our eyes. You're going to help us to see your plans, your purposes, so that we can see, as you've told us to pray for, kingdom, Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we just ask you to help us tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, uh, many of you may have heard my story various times when I've I've spoken. But, you know, even if you have, hey, just go with me because I just think, you know, we are... We can never give God enough glory for what He's done in our life, right? And, you know, I was 13 years old when I walked into this place. Anyone 13 in the house? Anyone 13? Yeah, right on, my boys. Now, I remember walking into this place and it blew my mind. Something happened in my heart over those few weeks when I started to come and I started to realise that there was something here that I needed. There was something going on that people in this room knew about that I needed to know as well. There was this inner drive to reach out and to try and grasp what it is that I could sense was going on. And I'll never forget this one Sunday night when someone, just like tonight, was preaching about Jesus and they said, if anyone wants to give their heart to Jesus... Reach out your hand and and we're going to pray a prayer. And I remember just reaching out my hand and praying this prayer from my heart to God. And 
I came down the front. The preacher said, hey, if you want to, um, uh, if you want if you prayed that prayer, come down the front. And, and I remember standing in this very space, bit of a different auditorium, but this very space at the very front of the altar. And my mum and dad, who had been radically saved three weeks earlier, were down there to support me as well, standing just a couple of steps back onto my left side there. And I remember just this moment where something's like, it's like, it's hard to put into words, <laughs> It's like something came alive inside of me. It's like, it's, like, it's like I was brand new in that moment. It's like, wow, I am, I am new. <clears throat> it's, like, it's like my eyes had been opened. It's like I could see for the very first time, all of a sudden I realised, wow, there is so much more going on. God is real. God is present. It's like I could see for the first time. It's like light came on in a dark, dark place. It's like, it's like I was a baby, born again. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about this experience and my reflections on this experience is every way I just described that are metaphors that we see in the Bible for this moment of salvation. When somebody has this experience that it can't just easily be defined, but if you know, you know. And there's something about this transformation that takes place that is supernatural, that is spiritual. And, and even you can talk to somebody else and you can talk to them. They, they might be from a different culture, different country. They might even speak a different language. But when you're talking with somebody, it's like you can see it in their eyes. It's like they're, they're alive and you're like, you know. And they know you know. And you know that they know that you know, <laughs> as the meme goes, right? But... Honestly, there is something that happens that is hard to put into words, but many in this room have felt it. And if you haven't felt it in this room yet, then maybe right now you can feel the stirring that I was feeling all those years ago. And there is a sense that there is something here for you. And if you tonight, honestly, would open up your heart to God, I believe with all my heart that what happened in my life, that that transformation that started when I opened up my heart to Jesus will start in your life as well. And you, like me, will go on a journey where you are just like, something is going on in my heart. Do you know, God's heart is that all would know. He doesn't want, 2 Peter uh, 3 says, He doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance, all to come to an understanding, all to change their mind about Him and to open up their heart, all to experience what I'm talking about, what you may have felt, what the people around you may have felt. God's heart is that no one, would live in this world without Him. That's His heart. That's His deepest desire. That's what His mission is in our world. And you know, we live in a world that, if you just look around, I mean, it doesn't take long to see how broken our world is. Um, you know, there's, there's people everywhere, every culture, every country, just, just hoping or searching or wanting something that, that will satisfy or solve this dilemma that we have in our world of brokenness and sickness and pain. And honestly, you see people frantically chasing all sorts of things in the pursuit of life in the hope that that thing that they chase or that area they give their life to or that, that, that thing that they think will satisfy them, that, that if they get it, then all of a sudden their life will be exactly as it needs to be. But the truth is we see a world that is broken, world that's in pain, a world that is sick, world that, oh, that's right, the confetti that keeps on giving. Thank God for Horizon Youth, you know what I'm saying? 
But we're honest, we live in a world that needs Jesus. What did he say to us? He says, freely you have received, now freely give. What does he tell us to do? He says, heal the sick. He says, raise the dead. People are broken and hurting and sick. He wants us to see breakthrough. He goes, raise the dead. How many people are living this life where on the outside they're one thing, but on the inside there's death, there's brokenness, there's darkness, there's despair. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. How many, do you know, this wasn't in my notes, but I was reading an article just recently from um, in the British government, somebody who had had a significant and key role, and he talked about how loneliness, when he left that role, almost killed him. And they said that loneliness is the equivalent of smoking a pack a day, cigarettes, in terms of the health effects on our society. And who knows, we have loneliness and and isolation running rampant through our world. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. There is a spiritual oppression and a darkness that is not God's will for His children, that this world lives under, that many of us have experienced and have been set free from. He says, freely you have received, freely give. Do you know, our our passion as followers of Jesus is to share Jesus (laughs) because it's Jesus who actually changes everything. And, and I, I just keep going back to my own story because that's what I know so intimately. Because people see the outside, but in your own story, you know the inside. And I watched God in His kindness and His goodness arrive in my life and take me from a trajectory that was heading towards death and redirect me to a, direction, to a, a trajectory that was heading towards life. He rescued me, as we read, from the dominion of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of His Son whom he loves, in whom there is redemption, the forgiveness of sin. I was reconciled back to God. Do you know, when Jesus sends out these, um, these disciples and he says, I'm sending you out there to take what I've given you and with the authority I give you to give it to others, all he was asking them to do was what he started. You know, we have this amazing verse uh, or passage of scripture in Luke chapter four I want to share with you now. And Jesus only asked his disciples to do what he was already doing. And this is basically the first sermon Jesus gives after he was baptised. He went into the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil and he overcame and he comes back and he goes to a synagogue and they give him this scroll of Isaiah and he opens the scroll. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, this is what it says. It says, when Jesus returned, then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And how's this boss move that he does next, right? Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to his attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him and he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This prophecy that had been talked about For centuries, he makes the claim that he himself 
is the fulfilment of what we have been hoping for. But the amazing thing about Jesus is he backs it up with actions. He backs it up with when he leaves the synagogues doing exactly what he said. You read it for yourself, Luke chapter 4, the next thing he does is he sets someone who is oppressed by a demonic force free. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. He starts doing the thing that previously no one had been able to do. It was the impossible because God himself had arrived on earth and was doing something different to what anyone had seen. And just before I jump into this next, uh, next part of our, our, our um, service, he, he basically asked his disciples to do it. But I want us to understand that this wasn't just something that he asked his 12 to do. This is something that he asks you and me to do today. This is not just for then. This is for now. And I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 and 21. And it says this. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone. When I was talking about that, that if you know, you know, like that, that moment in your own heart where you are like, yes, I'm in Christ, right? If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here, and all this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So through Christ, we are brought back to God and then we are given this ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is what it's all about. Taking what we have freely been given and giving it to other people who need it. This is what God's passionate about. This is what believers are passionate about. This is what we want more than anything is for the rest of the world that does not yet know to know. We want them to know, which is God's heart. We want to see, as we prayed, the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know, Jesus inaugurated the kingdom of God on earth when He came. God Himself. He established Himself as King and He began to reign. The kingdom of God, you could say, is the reign of God, where God is in charge, where God is in control, where God is the one who is um, leading and covering. You know, um, it began with Jesus and then through us, His followers, His, his believers, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it continues. And it reaches more and more and goes further and further into new locations and new spaces so that wherever believers are, the gospel message can go to those who need it most. You know, um, the kingdom of God, a great way to understand it is like this, right? When you read the Bible, the Bible is so amazing. And we just finished an Old Testament uh, subject in our Bible college, which has been awesome. And you read even from the very beginning of the Old Testament, you see God, the creator, the, the, the maker of heaven and earth. He creates all creation and he creates mankind in his image. And he has this beautiful relationship with people. And they're walking in this loving, trusting, abiding relationship until people reject God. They make a choice to say, I want to, do what, I want to do it my way and not your way. And they reject God. And it is the entry of sin into the world. And the sad thing about this rejection of God, who is life, the one who brings life and who is the light of all people, the rejection of God brings death into the human story. And what, what is sad about sin is that we read in this story, it starts to infect everything around it. And sin begets sin. And what happens in one generation, all of a sudden the next generation goes even further 
And it doesn't take long when you're reading the Bible until it gets to total depravity. It gets to this point where it's like, man, people are just void of God. They have completely rejected God. And we see the heart of God on display in the way that he makes covenants with people. And he says, no, my heart is not that you would be distant, but that you could come near. And so eventually he gets to this point where there's this man called Abraham and he says, I want to make a covenant with you that through your descendants, there would be a presence on this earth where I can actually show my love and show people my nature and people can experience me. And so the children of Israel, which are the children of uh, um, Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob, Jacob's sons, they basically represent uh, God to the world. And they live as God's children. And God has these laws set up that help them to remain pure and holy and be able to experience His presence in their midst. And even, you know, with all of those laws, you know, His presence is so powerful that there is this reverence for God. And there's all these laws that sort of, you know, if you do something or if you touch something that is dead, you yourself become unclean. And it's almost like the infection, it's keeping the infection at bay of sin, but any time that you would reach out and touch something that was unclean, you would become unclean. And all the way we see this up until the time of Jesus. And what is so amazing about Jesus is that Jesus is God Himself. And when Jesus comes, this amazing switch takes place. He starts to minister in power. He fulfills the promises. And where He goes, instead of sin affecting Him, He heals and forgives sin. Instead of sickness making him unclean, his perfection and righteousness make what is unclean clean. Brings healing and hope and life. And it's almost like what you see is this inauguration of the kingdom of God where there has been a reign of darkness and sin. Jesus comes and then he says, I'll touch that which is, which is not of God and it will become holy. He starts to heal things, forgive people, set people free. And you start to see light just penetrate darkness. And then all of a sudden he says, no, not only me when I minister, but you when you minister in my power. And, I, and, and the Spirit of God and the anointing and the authority that I have, I give to you, now you go. And all of a sudden it wasn't just Jesus touching people and seeing them healed, it was his followers who were filled with the Holy Spirit starting to see the kingdom of God advance. Every believer was a new frontier. Every space they went, God went. And we see darkness being pushed back as people are forgiven and we see Jesus elevated. And we see all the way through the disciples up until us today, we still have this mission to see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. That there would no longer be darkness. Revelation talks about the new creation and what it is we can expect. And it is heaven on earth. It is the fullness of what we've been talking about. And the kingdom of God advances through the expansion of the people of God, through the expansion of the church. And through you, as those who know Him and are filled with His Spirit, we can take the light into the darkest places. But, the, but at the end of the day, one of the most important things for us to say is that we don't want to go without God. I want to share two last scriptures before I, I pivot our message towards you know, an action opportunity for us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says this. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. 
He says literally, don't go without the Holy Spirit. This isn't something you can do on your own. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven expands by the power of the Spirit through you, yes, but not without God. Don't try and do this on your own. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Then we jump down to verse 8, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what began when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost has echoed as the kingdom of God has expanded and grown and pushed through the boundaries of of Israel into the the Gentiles and from the, the local areas into the rest of the world, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We see through Scripture, we see it going throughout Asia, throughout Europe. We start to see, you know, churches who are full of people filled with the Spirit going out and sharing this gospel message until somebody 74 years ago by the name of Norm Armstrong under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit says, I must go and have a Pentecostal uh, witness in the Sutherland Shire, jumps on a train and comes all the way out here and plants what is now Horizon Church in 1949. Thank God that by the power of the Spirit, someone acted and moved. And then all of a sudden we start to see the light and the Kingdom of God in the Sutherland Shire expand. And you know what? What's amazing and what has been one of the greatest privileges of my life is that in this last season, Milani and I have witnessed what God has done here, echoing and now starting to reach into a new space in southwest Sydney through Horizon St Andrews. And I, I, I'm out there on a Sundays and I'm just amazed at the number of people that are, that are coming and connecting with God, that are making our church their home. I sit down and as you're going to hear in a moment, I hear stories of our Friday nights where young people who knew nothing about God have come to faith and their lives have been transformed. They start living with purpose. And I think, thank God that the church doesn't stay stagnant. Thank God that the church is always expanding. Thank God that the people of God are on mission to take what we have been freely given and give it to those that are around us. And this is what I love so much about uh, our vision offering. Because next week's vision offering is all about the expansion of the kingdom. It's about us taking faith steps and pushing into new territory to see God reach people that otherwise would not be reached by our church. But as we rise and as we say yes to God and as we step out in faith and we go where He leads us in the power of of the Holy Spirit, we can see light come into a dark place and we can see people absolutely transformed. And that is the story that we are witnessing. Obviously, I've shared my testimony of of being impacted here. Uh, We heard a bunch of people on the screens also sharing. You know, but tonight, one of the things I wanted to share was take a moment to hear some stories of what God's been doing in one of our campuses. Because the power of this, this campus vision that Horizon has is that we are able to strengthen one another and see the Kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit far quicker than any of us could do it alone. And together we are starting to see the Kingdom of God take ground in new ways. And so what I want to do is I want to share some stories with you. Is that all right? And so to do that, I've asked a couple of friends uh, from our Horizon St Andrews youth team uh, to come and share some testimony. So could you guys welcome right now Chris and Talia as they come. So good. Chris leads our youth ministry out at St Andrews and Talia uh, is one of our great youth um, borough leaders. If you don't know what that is, they're leaders of leaders. And so these guys are doing such a good job. Thank you. Talia, why don't you sit right here in the middle? And then uh, Chris, you can be on the end there. And... Uh, I want to ask these guys a couple of questions because it's one thing to talk, you know, philosophically. It's another thing to talk 
gentlemen, you guys, big guns McGee over here, put on the A team tonight. I'm um, feeling a bit intimidated, <laughs> but it's all good. Um, but it's one thing to talk about the idea of God's kingdom going forth, but it's another thing to hear stories of where this is happening, where the sick are being healed, where the oppressed are being set free, where people are coming to life that were previously dead. And so, Chris, Talia, thank you. Give it up for these guys. And Chris, given you lead our ministry out there and, you know, given that there's a lot of people in this room who might not know the story of Horizon St. Andrew's youth, would you tell us in the last couple of years what God has done through our youth ministry um, in this area that we're a part of out at, out at uh, St. Andrew's? Yeah, well, in, in simple terms, it has been a miracle. It, and church, from the bottom of my heart, on behalf of every young person that was walking in darkness and is now in light, thank you so much. Like, thank you so much for back in 2020, receiving the call of God and just going and agreeing to be sent and agreeing to this campus vision because God's done a miracle. And I'm going to tell you a bit about it. Well, we, we launched a youth ministry in August 2020. I've got a photo actually of our first ever meeting um, of Horizon Youth St. Andrews. We were in a photo uh, in the glass room just over there. Nine teenagers and a bunch of young adults to make the vibes better, you know. Um, and, and many of these people pictured were actually brought to our church in the week or two before we launched Horizon Youth St. Andrews. So if we'd have launched it just two weeks earlier, the room would have basically been empty. That's how like the timing of God was on this. And I remember being in that room and talking to these people and be like, guys, you just wait. This is the genesis of something significant. There is something that is about to happen. And it all starts in this room with the few people that God has gathered here. And it's gonna be so exciting. And so those early days were like hangouts and bowling and you know picnics and house parties and all that kind of stuff. Um, we didn't have a team, we didn't have resources. We, it was all very fresh. Um, but we got to a place where we had our first ever Friday night on site. Next picture, please, Jack. Um, and we had 12 pe young people, guys. It was like, ah! I was, that whole night, I was just ecstatic. I was so happy. I was texting Pastor Christy like, oh my gosh, we had 12 young people. It was amazing. Um, I was saying to people after it, it was like I dreamt of that day for so long and it finally happened. And I learnt very quickly not to despise the era of small beginnings because everything starts humbly and, and, and it starts as a seed, but man, it grows. And over the last few years, we, despite even a COVID lockdown, like, and we forget, but COVID had like a fairly devastating impact on the way we lived. And I still know youth ministries that haven't quite recovered from it, but God has been faithful and God has grown it and grown it. And next picture, please, Jack. This was one of our recent Friday nights at Horizon Youth St. Andrews. This is kind of what we look like now. Um, and, and what it has looked like is baptisms. What it has looked like is life transformation. It has looked like people inviting their friends. It has looked like full-on salvations. It has been... And this full-on, multicultural, incredible expression of Horizon Youth exists in Southwest Sydney that did not exist a few years ago. God has done all this in less than three years. Less than three years, God has done this. It, it, it's pretty easy to see the trajectory that we're on and how it's very easy for me to have faith for the future when I look at what God has done up to this point. But kind of the thing I'm most proud of 
is that most of our youth ministry, you, you don't see on a Sunday because they're unchurched young people that are first generation Christians. They are getting saved, having no context of Jesus Christ in their life, coming from the most broken circumstances that to be brutally honest, we in, in the Shire, most of us haven't had to experience or battle with. They are heroes and they are walking testimonies of the goodness of God. And we have a room full of them every single week. It's incredible, Pastor Tim. Come on, let's thank God and give glory to God for what He's doing through our church, through our youth ministry. And each one of these, you know, we, we see those numbers. I think we've got over 50 people already registered from St Andrews for camp, right? And we're believing that'll, that'll keep growing. So come on, let's thank God for that. And But each one of these is a person with a story. And, and Ty, I want to hear maybe just from you, just a story or two of people Individuals who have had an encounter with God and had their life changed because of what God's doing through our church in St Andrews? There are so many. And I was just thinking on the way up and I'm just like, like my heart is like overflowing of like gratitude and thanks for what God has done. We had um, a junior high student who um, her dad had been deported. Her mum was um, new in the area and she has an older brother who wasn't a good role model. And um, her mum was at like her wits end, didn't know what to do with her kids. So they, they were like, she was like kind of done. And she had heard about our youth ministry through a another one of our um, youth parents. And um, she's like, okay, here we go. I'm just gonna send them here and like, let's hope for the best, you know? Maybe it's just babysitting on a Friday night. And um, this young girl gets saved, her brother, who was not a good role model at the time, gets saved. They start coming week after week. They had no context, no, no idea of who Jesus was, no idea of Christianity, gets completely and radically saved. Now she's like a core part of our worship team. She's like, at like there's like freedom on her life. And I'm sitting with her a few weeks back and she's just saying, you know, that first night I came, I was tired, I, I was shy, I was timid. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do and now I've got this confidence and she starts telling me about um, a friend in school and her heart is breaking for one of her friends in school who is getting into some things and she goes, I don't have to do that because I know who I am. And I was just like, I, I just can't believe what, what God can do in a life, how He can transform someone. We had one of our senior students, her first experience of youth was actually at our camp last year. And uh, she found us through social media and um, I was checking in on the senior girls one of the days and I said to her, oh, like, what's your favourite part? And she's like, the parties. And I'm like, the parties? What are the parties? And I'm thinking, am I missing something? <laughs> and, and then one of the other girls, um, she just peeps up and she goes, she means praise. <laughs> and I'm just like, of course, she didn't have the language around it. She hadn't experienced anything like it. Like, I bet she can go to any other party and she's more self-conscious than in any other environment. But when she became God-conscious, she just, there's this freedom on her life. And now I've watched this girl become one of the, the greatest evangelists in our youth ministry. I mean, she invites all her cousins. She's bringing all her cousins one week. She's telling me she's at the hairdressers and she's telling the, the, the mum at the hairdressers that her kids need to come to youth and where it's happening on a Friday night. And I'm just like, how is this happening? And then there's, one more, I'll tell one more. And um, there, there's 
another senior girl, her, um, she had been in and out of church with her parents and um, they, they had got divorced and she didn't have friends at school and um, she was probably facing the toughest um, time in her life. And she sends me a text message of a screenshot the first night she was going to youth and it was a um, conversation she was having with her brother. And he's like, I won't get to see you, but have fun at youth. And she said, I'll try, lol. And um, it, it, you could just see the reluctance on her to, to go. And that's why she sends it to me. Cause she's like, I can't believe that I was reluctant that night. I can't believe the life change that has happened since. And you know, we've, we've stood together and we've prayed for friends. And I watch her now, she's got the greatest group of godly friends spurring her on each week. I watch her walk in this morning on a Sunday morning with her dad. I watch her with a group of girls at the end of a service planning where to go to lunch. And I just say like, only God. It is only God, yeah. Oh, come on now. And you know there's more stories. And maybe, Chris, would you share a couple? I mean, you, you've just been on this journey. These aren't just photos of heads for you. These are people with stories. Tell us some of the stories, man. Yeah. Um, two guys. Um, one of them, uh, he grew up in New Zealand um, and into, into gang culture, actually. And so he, he, ver- he learnt from quite a young age to, to fight a lot. And kind of that's how he... Uh, expressed himself a lot of the time and so when he when he moved to Australia he got in a lot of trouble um, with it all and he got in a particularly bad fight where he got really injured and and one of the he was at a new school when this all happened and funnily enough one of the people that befriended him was a core student of Horizon Youth St Andrews um, and and he invites him to youth um, and this guy comes to you thinking, oh, this is going to be so lame, you know. Um, and, and he puts his hand up the first week he comes. And we have watched this guy become like a leader with so much influence and again, inviting mates. And recently we had a student preacher's night and he got up and he shared his testimony. And the junior students looking at this guy, he's 17, like with this, like, this is incredible. Like, I can't believe that this is possible, this life change. Um, another one, there's this guy that actually came to our youth ministry quite recently and Pastor Jackson, I believe, shared a little bit of his story recently um, here at Sutherland. But he, he, um, he, his, uh, his mum, when he was a baby, um, got addicted to um, ice and ended up kind of leave, uh, leaving their family. But before that, she, because of her habit, her, his older brother also got addicted to ice and he actually ended up passing away. Um, and she ends up leaving the family and he, this guy's dad was like, I can't take care of him. I, I don't want any part of this. So he ends up living with his nan and he lives with his nan his whole life. Um, and then fast forward to about three or four weeks ago, he is invited by someone to Horizon Youth. He comes to Horizon Youth. He's one of the most shy people I've ever seen. Um, and the week after he comes to youth for the first time, his nan who'd been looking after him his entire life passes away. And he loses his whole world in a week. The week after he came to Horizon Youth. And the next week he comes to youth and he's just, I just see him like on, he's sitting on a ledge outside during one part of the program and he's weeping. Um, And I get to talk to him about Jesus who he has not heard of before. And I get to talk to him about how 
Jesus is close to the brokenhearted. And in Psalms, it says, my God turns my darkness into light. And he, he now believes in Jesus wholeheartedly. And he, he looks at our leaders and he says, you people are the greatest people I've ever met. That's what he said to me in a text once. Um, and the hope that is in this young man now, Horizon Youth came for him at a time of great need where he desperately needed a minute, something to minister to that loneliness. And I just think, thank God for a church that in 2020 said, yes, we will plant. Yes, we will sow. Because I have watched a generation of young people. And this, we're in the beginning. We're in our infant phase. Like we look at what's happening now. Look at what's going to happen a year, two years, five years, 10 years down the line. It's so easy for me to have faith for Dunsborough's future youth ministry, for Perth's future youth ministry, because I've seen what God can do when a faithful church says yes. We have seen hundreds of lives changed through this expression of Horizon Youth, and there is more coming, which blows my mind. But praise God, hey, it's amazing. Yeah, come on, praise God. Let's, let's actually thank God for this. And thank you for sharing. And you know, these are just some of the stories. I, I suppose the point of this moment is for us to realise this is what it's all about. There were people that a year ago, a month ago, two years ago, didn't know. They didn't know, but now they know. And their life will never be the same. And this is what our mission is, church. This is what God has called us to. This is why we can't stop and be just satisfied with where we're at. We have to be like, God, how? How do we go? How do we reach further? How do we reach more? How do we take what You've done in us? Freely we have received, now we must freely give. This is what next week in its core is actually about. How do we get this Word out? How do we see more people saved? And as Chris mentioned, that this is a testimony from one youth ministry of one campus. And you know, one of the things that Andrew mentioned there is that this year in our vision offering, once we pay off that debt and once we're able to, uh, to do what is needed to be done, everything on top of that is actually going towards creating space for what you're witnessing here. Because at St Andrews, we have hit a point where if we don't move into a bigger location, we will start to limit what uh, can happen there. Our, our Sunday service, we've got two services on a Sunday morning, not just because we like having two services, because we can't fit everyone in one service. We can't fit everyone in our building. Our kids' ministry is overflowing. Just two weeks ago, they had the biggest uh, regular Sunday kids' service we've ever had at St Andrews. It just keeps growing because why? God's kingdom is advancing. And because we are a church who says, we will pray the Lord's Prayer that Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is what it looks like. It looks like planting campuses, sending great leaders, raising up the next generation, seeing souls saved. And we're not just talking about St Andrews. As Chris mentioned there, Dunsborough already, online already, Perth coming soon, you know, um, Western Sydney and more. There is so much God wants to do. And our ability to do that really comes down to whether or not the people of God rise in faith and respond to what He leads them to do. You know, let's give it up for these guys. <laughs> Appreciate you. You know, I hope tonight you've seen the why behind the vision offering. The why is because God's kingdom is advancing and through His people, we wanna take this message to more and more. That's the why, the what, that's between you and God. That's the part that I can't tell you, none of our team will tell you. That's something that you have to go this week to God and ask Him, God, what is my role to play? What is my part to play? And I'll tell you what, when I was a chemist delivery boy, delivering the, the medicine to the oldies, 
It didn't look like what it looks like now, but there was something God had for me to do. And I had to say yes. And what I love about our church is that every single year, we have created an opportunity for people to say yes. And next week we have another opportunity because something was set up in my heart from a young age that I was gonna be a person of faith, that I was gonna be a person that said yes to what God asked me. And year by year, when I went from chemist boy to Maccas, Maccas to my first real job, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't say that, from Maccas to you know working outside of school full time to do I have continued every single year to seek God to ask God, what is it you would have me do? And even this year, Milani and I, as, as we've been praying, and you know, like everyone, you feel the pinch, but, but we are like, God, we feel we need to be leading in faith. A big part of this offering, we're believing to go into that Southwest um, part of Sydney and to see life change. We wanna be out there saying yes to God. And so we are stepping up and we are saying yes. So the why is what you've heard tonight. The what is this week between you and God. Come on, get something in your heart that He is calling you to give, whether it be a one-off offering or over the course of a year towards what God is doing through our church. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.